The bell has tolled ten times. Normally I start this podcast out by saying the bell is wrong, but didn't seem appropriate this week. I, of course, am Josh Rizowskis. This is In Ring Reality, and today I'm joined by my dual co-host of Jamie Loves Taker, who is coming at us via audio only because it's better for her internet bandwidth. So, Jamie, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired of being home, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah, right. And today we have the debuting good friend of mine for the first time on the show. This is the host of the Justin Harvey show, Justin Harvey. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm ready to get this party started, Josh, and I believe we're going to have a good time. So I'm glad to Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Yeah. So, as I mentioned earlier, we kind of have to start off this week on a somber note. Well, let's be real. This whole show is going to be a somber note after this week. But this is like uh-huh. the super somber note because the Fink passed away this week. And he is the most iconic wrestling announced, ring announcer voice of all time. Like everybody knows the and new that he always used to do with all of his stuff. So yeah. I want to know from what are some of your favorite members of that? Sorry, members, memories of the Fink. So, Justin, since this is your first time, I'll start with you. What went through your mind and what are some of your favorite memories of the Fink? Well, uh, some of my favorite memories. Um, one of my favorite memories of all time is actually when he actually joined uh, Degeneration X. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was just perfect for his persona because he showed that not only could he be a good announcer, but he could also, you know, partake in the wrestling part of it. So I just, I thought that was amazing. So. Yeah, I agree. That, that was a, that was a really cool moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, um, Howard Finkel is the um, Michael Buffer of the wrestling world, in my opinion. I mean, he was the best. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. One of, for me, I think other than the and new, which is like for everybody, I think the most standout memory that I have is is only one of Shawn Michaels' feet hit the floor. Therefore, this match will continue. Like, because that, that was such a never-before-seen moment in the Royal Rumble where we actually had an elimination, but up until that point, we'd never seen an elimination that wasn't an elimination. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a really standout moment for me. Jamie, what about you? Well, first of all, I wanted to say that um, obviously it's very, very sad, and it's just the worst timing for him to pass away. Not that there's ever a good timing for someone to pass away, but because, um, you know, with all the, all the releases, everyone losing their job. Then on top of it, we're during the COVID pandemic, and now he passed away. So that just added to all the, the horrible stuff. But I don't really have a favorite moment because, Raz, remember, I'm a lot younger than all of you are. Right. And I've right. only seen some of his stuff. I know who he is, obviously. You can't not know who he is. But I've only seen his stuff on YouTube. 
Well, out of the stuff you've seen, though, or out of stories you heard, do you, like, have a favorite call of his? I'm just curious. No. I mean, not that, no, because I'm not, I wasn't really around when he was, like, doing it, what would you say, like, full-time? Is it, Would that be the wording? Like, yes, that would be the wording, yeah. 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 Well, that, that's that's perfectly okay. I just, I didn't want to not include everybody in this conversation. So hopefully that didn't come across as awkward to you, Jamie. But no, that's perfectly okay. No. Um, but I think another thing I want to talk about, though, before we get off of him, because Wait, I Rob, think it's, can I say yes, something? go ahead, go ahead. Well, I just want to say, I wish that I was old enough or bored when he was doing all of that stuff. You know, because now I only have YouTube to watch. You guys had it, like, you know, live on TV and stuff. Yeah. Well, that that is the beauty of the network and YouTube, though. When time permits, everyone can now go experience, you know, what Howard was all about. And, and Josh, I wanted to say something that's uh, very important before we jump off the subject of Howard Finkel. I also learned a couple days ago that um, he was the one to make sure that Owen Hart's body got home safely uh, for Vicki Guerrero because she actually uh, tweeted tweeted about it um, after she learned about his passing. He was the one that made sure that his body got home after he had uh, passed from the incident. And I think that that's just something very stand up for someone like Howard Finkel to do. And I just wanted to make sure that this was I noted in this podcast today that he actually made sure that Owen Hart's body got home safely for burial. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're psychic, Justin, because that was actually in my notes. I was going to bring that up, but that that is such a wonderful, wonderful story, and it just shows what kind of man he was, and he never went away from the business either. Like, one of the things I think people forget about was because – the network kind of had problems when it first launched, but when it first launched, they really wanted to push original programming, you know, aside from documentaries. So they had this series called Legends House, which he was a part of with a bunch of other legends like Jimmy Hart and Roddy Piper and Hillbilly Jim. And I can't remember the whole entire cast, but his stuff on that show was hilarious. So if you've never seen Legends House, I, Highly, highly recommend that show. If you yeah, know. I loved Legends House. It was, it was um, it was one of my favorite shows to actually watch because they would get in these funny situations, and it was just hilarious because there was actually one episode where they all had to get like a different type of regular jobs, you know, besides wrestling, and it was really interesting to see them in a different, you know, different environment. Yeah, that that was that was probably my favorite episode of the show. Yeah. But yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up as well. But the other thing I just before we leave him, I just want to drive home the point cuz we say this about everybody that passes away within this business that we love, but once the business is in your blood, it never leaves you. And Howard was not well toward the end of his life, but he yeah. always knew that wrestling was paramount to him because if you've, if you've seen some pictures going around of his friends visiting him at the home that he was staying in there, there's a photo in the background that says, please turn on channel 35 at 8 PM 
wrestling is on. And the reason he made that sign was because he was no longer able to work the remote control himself. But he wanted to make sure that he never missed an episode of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, whatever it was. So it it just shows that once you're in this business, you're in it for life. Oh, absolutely. And I want to, I want to think that if, if there is a heaven or other side, Josh, that him and Mean Gene Okerlund are actually calling matches in heaven. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Mean Gene was in heaven. I can totally see. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I can totally see like, uh, like Jesus himself saying, okay, you guys still have to wrestle in heaven. So, <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're probably, they're probably calling a match between like Eddie Guerrero and Owen Hart or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can totally see that. They're yeah. all okay. partying up there. They're, they're all without a doubt. But Jamie, you agree with that, right? About the business just stays in your blood as oh, yeah. long as you're alive and he never leaves yeah. you. Even, even, even fans, you were what one time had to go to the hospital for something and were passed out and still told the people to turn on wrestling. So oh, yeah. once you're a fan, once you're a fan or even a wrestler, there's like, even when you're dead, you'll still be enjoying wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting story. I don't know if I want to tell that story live on the air or not, but I could get you into it off the air. Cause I don't think Justin knows that story, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just always sad when we lose yeah. someone. And like Jamie said, when she first did her part here in our opener, you know, this was horrible timing because we're in the middle of a global pandemic on top of losing him. So it was just like, can we yeah. get any more bad news? Um, yeah. I don't I don't think we could have taken any more bad news. But unfortunately, we have to transition into more bad news. Because as you've seen by the thumbnail, if you're watching the video version live on YouTube or Facebook or watching either replay, WWE's Black Wednesday took place this past Wednesday. The number of superstars were cut and... There's no other way to put it. It is pure casualties of the pandemic. And that's all there is to it. And I just feel really bad whenever people lose their jobs, period. But in this climate, it's a horrible, horrible thing because your brain automatically goes for people like the Revival, Gallows and Anderson, maybe. Your brain automatically goes to, oh, they'll go to all the wrestling, AEW. But the thing is, AEW has all their programming taped all the way through Double or Nothing, which is in June. So they don't even know if they're in a position right now that they can hire people. And that's the case with any business. It doesn't matter if you're in the wrestling business or you're, you know, McDonald's right now. You just don't know if you're going to be able to hire people within this pandemic scenario. So it's a horrible, horrible time to be without a job and the other thing i want to say before i throw to jamie we'll let jamie kick off the round table here since justin did it the first time is that drake maverick's video in particular just made me ball like a unborn child It, it was just horrible 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 to see 
because you can really see how much it means to people to be in WWE and have that opportunity. So, Jamie, you mentioned that it made you cry as well, but we, we tried to do a little bit of breaking news episode earlier in the week, but it didn't work out too well for you. So just go over how you're feeling right now with all these job losses and what your takeaway is. Well, I mean, I mean, what do you say? It was very, very sad. I mean, this pandemic has caused such havoc on Earth, you know, and I just I'm heartbroken for all the wrestlers, not just the wrestlers, but there are people who are not wrestlers in WWE who are, you know, producers and social media people and just people who might be cleaning people. You know, there's a whole millions of jobs at the headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. People there lost their jobs. People around the world are losing their jobs. I mean, I think it's in America alone, like six to seven million people without a job right now, you know, either on furlough or they've been fired or, you know, they're temporary with being fired. But I, I just feel awful for anybody. But also the whole world is on stop. So no one's getting any sort of job right now. But I'm also trying to look at it like this shall pass and it's going to take a while and um, we're going to have to wait a while before we see and do anything. But everything right now is temporary. And those who have been fired will be a part of wrestling again. It might not be a part of WWE. It might not be in a big capacity, but they will be somewhere again. And it'll be, I'm sure, eventually we'll see, like, people start to re-sign with maybe WWE. Or they might go somewhere else. Or, um, but until then, you know, everyone's got to wait. Yeah, and but again, to me, that's that's what's so hard hard about it because they just don't know how long their waiting yeah. game is gonna be. It's just such an unknown scenario right now. So, Justin, how are you feeling about what went down? I'm actually feeling devastated because you know all these wrestlers, you know, they perform for us day in and day out, and it's just. It's really heartbreaking, Josh. And I also read, too, not only is the wrestling industry being affected, but the XFL had to declare bankruptcy. So it makes me wonder, you know, if the XFL had to declare bankruptcy, what's going to happen to WWE with this pandemic? You know, it really scares me. Yeah, well, we, we've covered the XFL in, in previous episodes. Or actually, yeah. no, I take that back. I, I did that in the audio version before we found StreamYard. So I don't know if I have talked about it here. But, yeah, it's, it's really, really sad because the XFL was gaining a lot of momentum. And Jamie can attest to this because she told me stories about people from her school. You know, people that aren't even wrestling fans were buzzing and talking about the XFL. So it was in one of my school assignments too. So yeah, people were talking about it. Yeah, so it's it's very, very sad. I mean, they only got to run half a season, and and then the pandemic killed it. But as far as WWE is concerned, you know, it's hard to tell because yeah. we we keep the thing about we we call them dirt sheets because they they basically are because. We're not within the company, so we don't have a way to verify anything anyone is saying, or we don't have a direct connection to talent to know 
yeah, for sure yeah. what the stories that we're hearing are true or not. But there is varying reports that say that WWE has about a billion or so in back capital that they can tap into if they have to, if this thing goes on for very long. And yeah. the good news about the pandemic fallout is WWE did get clearance from NBC Universal, who owns USA and Fox, that their TV contracts are not going to be affected by having to tape dates. So after this week, they're going to go back, be able to go back to a taping schedule, which is so much safer for everyone involved and so much easier to control the environment. So from a performance standpoint, I think they'll be okay, but my goodness, with this pandemic, I I said it to Jamie off the air, and and before Jamie reacts to what I'm saying, Justin, I want to know your thoughts about me putting it this way. I said when all the Black Wednesday firings went down that this was really the first moment for me that, yes, you know that a global pandemic is out there, and yes, you know everybody's in quarantine, but this was really the first moment for me where it really hit just how serious this is because it's directly affecting people that I care so much about. It made it really personal when yeah. it affected the wrestling industry for me. It, it's it's really personal for me because I actually know uh, a lot of people that's in the wrestling business and, and I kind of know what it would feel like if I would have lost my job because like I told you, I'm very close Bruce Hart at the Hart family. And you know, there's a lot of hearts that still wrestle in the WWE and it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. It really is Josh. Yeah. But, but, but do you agree though with that statement? Yeah. It almost felt kind yeah. of like you're mourning a death in a way. I, absolutely. Because like I've always said, WWE will always be timeless no matter what. I mean, because I mean, look, we've got the WWE Network. We can go back to any point in time we want to, any match and any time. So it's 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 endless. It's timeless. Without a doubt. But, Jamie, just to expand on what we were talking about off the air, I mean, you said that you felt that way as well, that you felt kind of like you are in mourning, and it just really hit home. Yeah, like we were saying off uh camera we were talking about how we knew it was bad out there and we were starting to feel the effects too but because it hit wwe i think that's where the turning point in our head we're like wow this is really really bad and i think because we love wwe that is our what brought us all together and i also think um because we kind of feel like wwe is so invincible that they wouldn't be hit by it which is obviously you know, no, nothing is invincible, but for the fact that it hits something so powerful and it's really affecting him, uh, them, I think that's what's making it so scary. But I, I think that they'll be okay. I think they're going to struggle like everyone else for a long time, but I think they'll definitely be way better off than the XFL because that XFL has only been around for what half a season. WWE has been around for what, like 60 years. I think they'll struggle and they'll lose stuff, but. I think 60 years worth of stuff, I think they'll be okay because they're the biggest wrestling company in the entire world. So, but going back to what I was saying, like, 
I think that uh, the fact that they're being now hit and it's now affecting them, I think, is what really makes it extra scary. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It just, like I said, there's no other way to put it other than it just hit home. Because as fans and as wrestlers within the business as well, this business is our lifeblood. It's our home. And the coronavirus affected our lifeblood. And it just, it was so terrible to see. So I just wish so well for everybody that was let go. And I, I hope everything turns around when the world turns around. I did write down some notes of everybody that had been released. And I was going to speculate on where they might go. But I don't think that's really appropriate right now. I think we no. just need to let this settle. So any, yeah. any any final thoughts from you guys about Black Wednesday before we start to uh, go over some of the other news and sort of break down TV this week? No, just COVID sucks and it needs to get out so we, life can return to normal. <laughs> 100% agree. Justin, anything? Yeah, um my heart actually goes out to everyone, not just the wrestling business, but everyone around the world that has been affected by this. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, we're here doing this show, and I'm doing my movie and entertainment show because of how important it is to provide a distraction to people. Yeah. Because not only does it keep me sane, but I think it keeps the world sane and just gives them something else to focus on for a few minutes at a time. And I've said it before and I'll probably say it a couple of more times until the point gets driven home. Thank you StreamYard for creating a web-based service for people like me that have crappy computers that we can still stream and, and do wonderful things like making videos. So thank you so much for your program. But there was good news that came out this week. Roman and his wife are expecting twins. And it's their second pair of twins. I mean, how cool is that, guys? How cool That's is that? That's amazing. Amazing. Congratulations to them. You know? That, that, is, that is like, that just blew my mind. Because it's one thing to be pregnant. But being pregnant with twins is such a rare thing. And to do it twice. I was like, wow. That's like just, extra just rare. Wow. I, I've yeah. always, Raz, you and I say this. Raz, you and I say this all the time. I really want a twin. How cool would it be to have a twin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, make your twin do and things you don't want to do. They're going to sure. have, have two sets of twins now. So. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane to think about. And, yeah, like everybody was saying, just congrats to them because that's amazing, amazing news. I don't want to get too much into this, but... Since we brought up Roman Reigns, I think people might call us out in the comments for not bringing this up. Roman Reigns' name hasn't been mentioned on WWE TV since he pulled out of WrestleMania. And there are some people that are perpetuating this story that WWE is angry at Roman Reigns. And I, I just want to say that I think that's complete, utter nonsense. Because WWE was already monitoring Roman because they know he has a low immune system and he is at higher risk to get the virus because of everything he's been through with leukemia. So why in the world would they be blackballing him? I mean, that that is just ridiculous. 
So I just wanted to put that out there just so people didn't think I was ignoring it. But the reason that I was going to ignore it is just because there's no merit to it at all. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I think people, just dirt sheets want to cause drama. Yeah. But what would there, what reason were there, would there be to mention Roman Reigns? Like, of all, out of all the storylines going on right now, where would they mention them? Exactly. Like, it wouldn't make any sense. Were you going to mention him in the middle of a women's match? Like, and I'm pretty sure I saw someone say they did mention him on SmackDown. Like, it was, like, in a commercial or something. Or, at the, you know how there's at the bottom of the screen where they have, like, tweets? And stuff? I mean, it really doesn't even matter anyways because there's no reason yeah. to mention him now. Yeah. Justin, any thoughts on that at all? Well, honestly, I don't think people should be mad that he made that choice because, I mean, the guy just had leukemia. He had cancer and he beat it. And with, I can understand his point. He doesn't want to take a chance because if he catches this virus, he could literally die. And, you know, your life is more important than doing a wrestling show. I mean, Come on. I mean, wrestling's important, but your life comes first. Your safety comes first, in my opinion. And and plus, plus he's got young children. Yeah. You know, like he's got a family to take care of. What happens to them when he dies? You know, I know there's the mother, but imagine those poor kids having to be without their dad. Like, of course, his life is very important, but those kids. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. So... The point and that I really we're... don't think they're. I really don't think they're mad. I really don't. They're. Oh, they're probably think. Oh man, this situation sucks. But you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. Can't do anything until the pandemic ends. Yeah, and the only sad part about it, though, is like we said about at the releases, nobody knows when the pandemic is going to end. So it could be a very long time before we see Roman, which is a very yeah. sad thing. But I mean, I just had to get that out there because it really angers me when I see stuff like that perpetuated on the internet. I mean, we could do a whole show. And I think Jamie's probably very tempted to ask me to do a whole show because she's talking about this all the time about these so-called fans who all they do is whine and complain. And, And Josh, I think part of the problem, like I think some of these fans forget that these wrestlers are humans too. Does that make sense? Like... I think they forget that they're actually like you and me, except they're on a bigger scale. You know, they wrestle for us and they entertain us and they forget that they're actually human too, just like we are. And can I add that um, these people who are supposedly fans that complain all the time, we don't know anything that goes on behind the scenes. We're not professionals of any kind. We're not businessmen and women. So all these fans that act like they know everything, you don't know anything. You, we only see, you know, what some dirt sheets say, say some stuff, but we don't know anything other than that. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not a professional. So it's just ridiculous. Some of these so-called fans. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So we've gone about a half hour already, which is great. So I think in order to, keep us a little bit more we're not going to break down every match in every show because that would keep us here for almost two hours but let's let's go over just a little bit what was your takeaways from Money at Raw I'll start with Justin on this one 
Oh, I I thought Raw was actually pretty good considering there's still no crowd. Um, I think I think Oscar did awesome. I think everything was just packaged better this week than previous weeks, in my opinion. Oh, without a doubt. Jamie, did you have any takeaways from Raw? Oh, no, I, I agree. I think it was more put together, and I think that as time goes on, they're learning more and more how to be more creative and how to go on without an audience, and they're not... You sometimes forget, actually, that there's no audience because they're, you know, there's certain angles and they're zoomed in at certain parts, and I know on NXT, they, they blacken everything around them, so you can't see that there's no audience, and they're utilizing, like, their headquarters, and they're utilizing, like, you know, um, like like movie type of things. So they're, I feel like they're they're really, really, really trying. You know, with the circumstances that they're in. I think I think so as well, without a doubt. The big takeaway though from Raw that I think is worth talking about is that they set up Seth as the number one contender to Drew for the WWE Championship. And I'm telling you what, there's been some people that have said that they saw this coming a mile away. And my answer to that is, what in the world show were you watching? Because this this was the last thing I expected, was to have him come out and curve stomp Drew because through the entire show, he was playing crazy Messiah, just slowly losing it more and more from losing to KO at WrestleMania. And then he comes out and stomps Drew's head into the mat. I just, it was brilliant. I, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I, I cannot wait to see these two go at it. That's going to be a, a great match. I'm, I'm really excited about seeing it because, like, when that actually happened, Josh, my jaw absolutely just dropped. And that normally doesn't happen a lot. And I'm like, wow, this is just amazing. This is cool. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, again, because it's so hard. We talked about predictability. When you've been a wrestling fan for so long, you kind of sense where things are going. But I did not sense in the least about Seth being the first challenger to Drew, mostly because he just lost that mania. So I thought they were going to build someone else up like Andrade. Andrade came out to start the show, and Andrade Uh continued that feud that he had with, um, with Drew from NXT. So I thought that was the direction they were going to go. So when they went with Seth, I was just like, wow. Jamie might be having some technical issues um, with her connection there. So Jeff and I will just move on and hopefully okay. Jamie, Jamie can come back in. But let's let's move forward to uh, the NXT this week. Uh, before we get to NXT, Josh, uh, there's one thing that really shocked me. I can't remember... I can't remember the other woman's name because I don't really see her a whole lot, but uh, Shayna Baszler took her out like in the woman's match immediately by hurting, hurting her arm. And it just lasted a couple seconds. She couldn't continue. The woman couldn't continue because where Shayna Baszler just stomped on her really hard. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. She did jump Sarah Logan and and really That's took her arm Sarah out. Logan. I 
think of yeah, she did jump her, and that was the way that uh, she advanced in Money in the Bank. And the reason I forgot about that is Sarah was among the names that unfortunately was let go this week. So, oh well, I, I do apologize that I couldn't remember her name because I don't normally see her a whole lot, so I'm like, I, I forgot her name. But yeah, no, yeah. it's fine. It's perfectly fine that, that, you know, maybe we have time to get into that now since it's just the two of us. When we get down, we might do that a little bit more. But yeah. that's part of WWE's problem of why all these releases happened is because they had so much talent and they didn't have space or the time or the ability to push everybody. So you do forget a lot of people's faces. And Sarah Logan stands out to me because yeah. I watched her in NXT and she's the real life wife of Ivar from the Viking Raiders. So I, oh, I wow. know, yeah. So here the Viking Raiders are still in the company, but Sarah Logan's gone. So yeah. Awkward. Yeah. Usually I'm good with remembering names. I just kind of had one of the moments where you're like, what is her name? Cause where it's a three hour show and everything's just jumbled together. Sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we don't have to leave Raw quite yet. I, I just didn't know yeah. what else you had to add to it. But how are you feeling? Because you weren't here beforehand on the show prior to this. How are you feeling about Shayna Baszler as a push right now? Because it was a bit of a surprise to see Becky retain at Mania. So do you yeah. think that Shayna remains strong? In her position, do you still see her as the next Raw Women's Champion, or where do you think that's going? Um, I think she's on the right path, but I can't see her as a champion yet. But I believe she's on the right path. I just, I just don't see her as champion right now. But speaking of her, I would love to see a match between her and and Becky. That yeah. would be spectacular. Yeah, I would love to see a rematch there as well. We'll have to wait and see what yeah. the plans are for Becky because it seems to me like they're not going to really pull the trigger on either a Raw or SmackDown number one contender because they want to keep that mystery of who's going to win Money in the Bank alive. Yeah. So they can't really say, well, this is the number one contender on Raw because then it would be a situation where Okay, well, if Raw has a number one contender, then a SmackDown star is going to win Money in the Bank. Yeah. So I think that's why they they did that that way. But, and like, yeah, and usually they do a draft and everything, and I think, you know, at the end of, like, after every WrestleMania, they usually do a draft, but I think even that's going to be affected because of this coronavirus thing, too, because uh, oh, they absolutely. do a draft. Absolutely, it is, and I, I do think... That's why we haven't seen a draft because yeah. Jamie and I talked about this off the air and we're really sorry, guys. I mean, she's doing the best she can. She She's having a lot of top issues and sometimes when you're on a iOS device, Wi-Fi doesn't cooperate with you whatsoever. Yeah. But yeah. we, I, I do want to mention her a lot because she she's my longest wrestling confidant. I mean, now that I know Justin's so into it, well, Probably be talking a lot more as well, but one one of the things that she really hammered home to me off the air about what's happening with the virus 
is, and the reason I keep saying the virus rather than full name, by the way, is, is um, I don't want to get demonetized on YouTube because YouTube is kind of iffy about mentioning the yeah, virus. Yeah, and I don't think that that's fair because whether it's a positive thing, if you mention the name of it, regardless whether it's positive or negative, they will demonetize you. Yeah, it's it's a little bit ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> the thing that Jimmy drives home all the time is she talks about how there's a reason that they're using NXT and Florida-based wrestlers right now more than ever because there really isn't a thing right now of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT rosters. They literally have to utilize who is available to be used, who's safe to be used, and you're going to see people jumping around a lot because of what's going on. So I, I think it does nullify the draft simply because of that because they yeah. don't know from week to week who they can use and who they can't in what scenario yeah and like you said who knows when things will be back to normal because even the movie business is affected like there's a lot of movies that were going to be coming out this year that's been pushed back majorly because oh, yeah the- i think I heard that on the last episode of josh Rosowski's on that channel so yeah. Yeah, everything everything is going crazy right now. Everything is going crazy. So NXT this week, I thought was actually the better show than Dynamite, and that's other than the Takeover show, yeah. which was is a whole other animal. This was really the first time I thought NXT was just better all around than Dynamite. And before I get into the matches. On NXT, I, I want to get your opinion on an overall thought that I had that I mentioned to Jamie as well. I think the reason NXT was better than Dynamite is Dynamite benefits so much from the live crowd and that atmosphere. Yeah. That's such a part of what they do. Whereas NXT, while the full cell crowd is great and all, because it's always been such a small arena to begin with and an intimate setting to begin with, I think that they can translate better to an empty arena show. And I think overall the product that you see on your screen doesn't feel that much different. Yeah, I I agree because like if if you look back, NXT was for, you know, like it was considered the minor league to get to the WWE. And I honestly think that that's why they're doing a better, like a better job. They don't have that high expectation that's expected. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But also, just because it's now more widely considered their brand and not considered developmental, and people know that that's where the best wrestlers in the world are in NXT, I think that helps people be a lot more forgiving to NXT as well. Yeah, all totally because I, I think that the fans sometimes with like the big WWE they expect too much, but with NXT they kind of know what to expect and they don't expect too much from NXT, which is a good thing. So it's kind of met in the middle. Yeah, basically. it is kind of met in the middle. This is backtracking two weeks, but heck, you're here, and I just want to get as many much as your opinion as I can because I want people to know how awesome you are and why you're going to be here from now on, hopefully. Um, Johnny Gargano versus 
Tommaso Ciampa finally came to an end two weeks ago. Five years long feud within WWE, arguably the greatest feud they've done in yeah. the last decade. What did you think about the way that went down? And that that was by far my favorite MT Arena match that we've seen so far. I, I, I think it was executed well and, and done right. And when things are done right, Josh, you get the perfect package deal. Without a doubt. Were you did you like the way that Johnny got the win or are you yeah, a, yeah. not that Cand- Candace is heel now? Like how did you feel about all that? I, I think I think changing to heel was a good decision because I think I think if you're a baby face for too long and can't turn heel, you're not gonna go over too well in the business. I, I agree. I agree. But what did you think about that match as a whole for finale? I mean, given the circumstances, I think they knocked it out of the park. I think that's the best finale yeah. that I've seen in a long time for a feud. I, I, I agree. And, and honestly, I, I think the reason that um, that it worked so well is because those, those two work together really, really well. I mean, like I've said, a package deal. They knew what they were doing, and that's why it was executed so well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what did you think about NXT this week? Like, what were, what were your big takeaways from this week from the show? Oh, man, there's just there's just so many, Josh. It's it's hard to name everything, but I, I think – we got we got all the time in the world, dude. I mean, originally yeah. I said yeah. let's keep this succinct and to an hour, but I think people are enjoying the content, yeah. so we'll just go as long as we need to. Yeah, so go, I mean, go ahead. before I start, what was your favorite takeaway, Josh? I mean, oh gosh, um, here Justin is throwing his host hat up on on there because I'm trying yeah. to be a gracious host and lets my guests talk and then Justin throws it back to me and says I'm not talking enough. <laughs> so I think it's really gonna be a great dynamic with us. But um yeah. you know my my biggest takeaway from this week I think was the two big debuts. We saw the official debuts of Timothy Thatcher who came out of nowhere as the substitute partner for Matt Riddle who needed a partner because Pete Dunne is stuck overseas in Great Britain. And yeah. I thought this was like a great place for Timothy Thatcher, mostly because I didn't expect it to happen the way that it did. And I thought the chemistry that him and Matt Riddle had were, was great. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like I said, I think that NXT has that ingredient to have us guessing instead of being predictable like – because there's many times that I've watched wrestling and it's been so predictable, but like with NXT, it's been not so predictable on what's going to happen. No, without a doubt. So <laughs> what was your takeaways from Thatcher? Are you familiar with his work or was this the first time you'd seen him or? Uh, first, first time. How did you, did you like the way that he messed with Riddle? Were you impressed by him at all? I. Yes, I was, and if he continues to do what he he's doing, I, I truly believe that he can uh, retire up in the business. I, I 100% agree. For those that don't know, though, he is probably the biggest name to be in the independence over the last number of yeah. years that wasn't 
on television on a regular basis. And WWE has actually been trying to get him for years. And for whatever reason, he turned him down all the way through until this year. So it's a pretty big deal that he's finally within WWE. But then that wasn't the only debut we saw because we saw the other big free agent that was snapped up by WWE recently, known as Killer Cross. But because this is WWE and they don't want to offend a certain demographic, they've changed his name now to Carrion Cross which I actually don't know if that's a better thing or not. Because if you look up what carrying actually means, it's actually involving raising people from the dead, which is arguably just as bad or worse than being a killer. So I, I don't know if that was a better choice or not, but Killer Carrying Cross debuted by jumping Tommaso Ciampa. So he's yeah. clearly going to be the first feud for Tommaso, and he was alongside his wife, Scarlett Bordeaux, as well. So it was really, really exciting to see these two finally in NXT. They were the only reasons that I was watching Impact about a year and a half ago was those two in particular. So I was really, really excited by this moment. What did you think? I I, I totally agree, Josh. And the, and the thing is, I don't agree with the name change, regardless of what this generation is today. I think they should have kept his name the way it was. It, it was perfect with his name. Hey, because it fits his character and his persona yep. so well. He is a killer. I mean, he's, he's callous. He knows no bounds. and He just goes out there and does what's necessary to get the job done. And he plays that psycho character so well. And the way they built him up, with those ticking clocks the past couple of weeks, I was like, oh, God, when that clock hits 12, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. And it, it was just. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you're all right. Um, for those that are watching the video version, the problem with connecting through the Internet sometimes is you don't always know when the other person finishes it. And so you just kind of got to roll with the punches when you're live. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, what, what, I, what I was getting at was they, they built him up with the clocks and all that. And I expected the clock to hit 12 and then the lights to go down and we get some big entrance. Instead, the clock hits 12 and he just comes out of nowhere with a sneak attack, which is so, so much better for who he is and what he's about. Yeah. And, and honestly, Josh, I believe that they would have kept his name. If he would have came to the WWE, let's say back in the 90s when the Attitude Era was going on, because they really pushed the envelope in the uh, 90s with the Attitude Era. So I believe it has to do uh, with this new generation. They're t too afraid to push that envelope on some things now. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. 100% agree with you there. Unfortunately, he wouldn't have been around to debut back then. And yeah, I'm just saying, if, if, it was been, if it was back in the 90s, they would have kept it regardless. They yeah. Really the yeah. Envelope. I mean, because if you look back, DX did a lot of crazy stuff in the Attitude Era that that you could actually go back and watch in the archives on WWE Network. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. So, what was your... Are you familiar with, sorry, stumbled a little bit there, folks. Again, just getting back in the swing of things here. We'll get better as time goes on. 
Were you familiar mm -hmm. with Scarlet and Killer before they came into NXT? Were you just as excited as me, or was this another case of this is the first time you've seen them? Um, I think I might have seen them before, Josh. I just can't put my finger on it where I've seen them. I think I've seen them before. We're possibly under a different name, maybe. Well, yeah, they were a lot. They, they, yeah, they were Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux and Impact for a long time. Yeah, so. yeah, I've seen Impact. That's where I've seen them. I just, I couldn't, Josh, I couldn't place it where there's so many organizations. Right, right. Time, time goes on and you get older and, and you Yeah, everything just kind of, everything just kind of goes together. Yeah. Especially now, it's like, what is the date? What is time? Like, that. that's, that's another big reason that I want to get back to creating is because creating actually lets you, forces you to keep some kind of schedule alive yeah. in your yeah. brain. Um, and I know, okay, every Saturday, I'm going to come on and do the podcast version of In Ring Reality. And then through the week, I got to cover news and break down shows and all that. So it's yeah. actually a really big benefit. But now that you remembered where you saw them from, I you agree with me that like the sky is the limit for them to be a part of NXT now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I think, I, th I think they'll do, I think they'll do, actually do better in NXT because I believe that they'll take better care of them. So I, I agree. I agree. Although the, the impact did do a good job with the killer yeah. gimmick though. Yeah. I, I will, I will say they did it as well as they could. All right, yes. so shifting over to Dynamite, you know, for the last two weeks, the empty arena world title match between Jake Hager, formerly known as Jack Swagger in WWE, and John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose in WWE, for the AEW World Championship was built up as the main event. And I hate to say this because I'm a big, big, big champion of the company as a whole, yeah. and especially of John Moxley, because Moxley is from Cincinnati. I'm from Dayton, so Ohio boys always strong, sticking together, us Buckeyes. But this match, to me, just didn't work, Justin. There, there, there was something about it that just didn't work. And I, I don't know yeah. if it was the fact that there was no crowd or if it was the fact that J.R., who was built up for a bigger turn because they were able to pre-record his commentary. So this is the first time we've heard him since the uh, the virus broke and happened. Yeah. And he just didn't feel really connected to the match. So I don't know if that's what took me out of it. But th there yeah. was just something about this match that just didn't work for me. Yeah. It, well, to me, to me, the match kind of felt stale. And I don't know if it's if it's JR or if it's just a little bit of everything, but it just felt stale to me. And, and honestly, if I still call them Jack Swagger and Dean Ambrose, that's because I'm still used to their WWE names, but uh, right. Right. I just, yeah. I just thought that the match was too stale. I just, it just, something wasn't executed. Right. When something goes off, Josh, just one little thing, it can make the whole match just terrible. Yeah, and and the sucky thing about it though is is it gives because there always is going to be that one person or those two people that say oh it's just Jack Swagger and 
Dean Ambrose. It's just a WWE mid-card match for another company's world title. Unfortunately, in this case, it kind of gives validity to that argument because the match was not well executed, which is part of the problem. And who knows, Jr. might have been off his game with everything going on right now. And he he might have been, and, and he's also not used to doing recorded commentary from the internet. He's used to being there live in the arena as well. Yeah. So that, that may have thrown him off too. I mean, because um, he he has worked in WCW and he has worked in WWE, but I think where he was in WWE so long doing it live, I think that might have thrown him off to doing it, doing it tight versus doing it live. I think, I think he I, needs to get used to that. I think so as well. I think so as well. But I'm, I don't agree with the whole salty Jr. thing. I mean, I think he really enjoys being in AEW and really likes his job. But I just think with this particular match, he just was off his game a little bit. And, and, and sometimes that happens. I mean, and, and look, Jr. is getting older. He might have been having an off day too. So that could be a thing. But, yeah. but like I said, he's always been in the WWE environment. And this is a new environment for him because it's kind to me, it's kind of like starting over. Like he needs to find his niche again, Josh. Yeah, without a doubt. I I, I agree with that. Without a doubt, Justin. So other things that happened on Impact this week, we saw advancements in the TNT uh, title tournament. Lance Archer is really impressing the crap out of me. This, This guy's a beast. Yeah. What's your what's your impressions of him? I, I think I think that he's going to go far. I mean, if he continues to do the way he's doing, he's going to go far. Yeah, really without, without a doubt. And Jake Roberts is a mouthpiece. I mean, I could listen to Jake Roberts talk all day, every day, twice a week. So, oh, and, and I got to tell you, I love. Not, not to ch- change the subject, but I love Jake Roberts. When I met him, he gave me two autographs. Didn't even charge me, Josh. He he is a great man. A great man. I love Jake Roberts. Oh, there's no doubt he's a great man. And I was so that's why I was so thrilled. DDP yoga. It was such a wonderful thing because let's be honest, we thought we might lose him there for a while. Because yeah. he was really yeah. in bad shape for a long, long time. Yeah, and not only that, but if you ever get the chance, Josh, you need to catch his comedy show. He's ever in your area. He's hilarious. He has not been in my area, but that's definitely on my bucket list because I cannot imagine how funny that would be. I would love to see him and Mick do a show together. I think that would be fantastic. That that would be that would be interesting. Uh, they're both funny in their shows, but they're funny in their own way. Like they have like two different separate shows, but they're both genius on what they do. Yeah, yeah. And I I cracked up for days during mix show they showed on the network. So I can only imagine what Jake's show would be like. And and, and speaking of Mick, and I don't mean to be changing the channel here, but I really hope that Noel starts her training again because I would love to see Noel Foley 
start her wrestling career. I would love to see that too, but I wonder though if she really needs it. I, th- I think she's found success in other areas, so maybe she just decided that it's not for her. Yeah, but as a fan, as a big McFoley fan, because I'm like a huge McFoley fan and always will be. Well, who isn't? I mean, she's the favorite superstar, my favorite superstar. I mean, yeah. McFoley yeah. is the reason that Becky Lynch got into the business. So, I mean, yeah. who isn't yeah. a big McFoley and, fan? And the fan part of me wants to see another Foley go in the wrestling business and, and see what they can do. Yeah. Oh, man, we're all over the place here. And I do apologize. I'm trying to follow a format, folks. but first I'm time, sorry, Josh. I threw you no, off. No, no, no. no it, I'm, I'm apologizing to the audience because I just reminded myself of something. I can't believe I did this. I should have my deadly name revoked for this. But I forgot to talk about Becky's promo. From oh, I, I, I loved her promo. I loved her promo. Her promo was was some of her best work, and you know, call me biased if you want. I don't care. It's my show. I don't care. Best promo in the business today, hands yeah. down, bar none. Most consistent promo we have in the wrestling business today. I don't care what anybody says, and she dialed back the emotion enough to where she was like, "Am I crazy?" Or am I making y'all think I'm crazy? You know, you know, the yeah. and the person that's most dangerous to a queen is the Joker, who she doesn't see as a threat. I mean, I thought the way that she handled herself, with the way she was talking to Shayna and talking to the other women, was just brilliant. And I thought it was a little bit of a reset to for those people that didn't like the somewhat sillier aspects of. The goat character, this was kind of a reset to a joint between the goat and the man as well. So yeah. I thought everything about it really worked. Yeah, because really worked. I, I actually enjoyed uh, Becky's promo better than Charlotte Flair's because, like, and I hate to say this, but, like, when I watched Charlotte's promo, I feel like she's just trying to be her dad, like, totally yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I mean, I was saving Charlotte for a reason because we're on yeah. it we're out when we were on it. But she didn't appear on NXT this week, really. She just cut that promo package, which was fine. Yeah. But, but I think I think yeah. the problem with Charlotte, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just trying to go off what you're saying. I think yeah. the problem with Charlotte is that she's done so much already. And that's the biggest reason why they put her in NXT, to give her something new to do. But when you have 10 championships and you're like fifth year in the industry, you kind of already hit your ceiling. So I think that's the other part of the reason why Charlotte's promo was was a little bit Rick-like because they're kind of Mm -hmm. having to force a new dynamic for Mm -hmm. her. And I don't know if it's working 100%. I honestly don't know if it's going to work. And, like, if it does work, I feel like it's not going to work too long and it's going to get really, really stale. Because, like I said, no disrespect, but it's just like she's just trying to be her dad. And it's just, to me, it's getting too stale already. I I agree. 
Charlotte is my second favorite female superstar of all time, though. So I, I hope that she, you know, is able to do great things in NXT. Because, like on paper, you know, Charlotte versus Io Shirai, Charlotte versus Candice LeRae, Charlotte versus Dakota Kai, Charlotte versus Tegan Knox. I mean, the list goes on and on of the amazing matches that she's going to be able to have as yeah. part of the NXT roster. So I hope it works well. I hope it works well. I mean, she's a wonderful wrestler. I just, it, it was just like her promo. It just kind of just like threw, threw it off with me because it's like I could have closed my eyes and be like, that's the female version of Ric Flair, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. She needs to find her own niche, I think. In yeah. Well, she, she's leaning in to yeah. her dad a lot more than, than what she was before, which which is not necessarily a good thing. But anyway, to try to pivot back now to uh, to Dynamite. Yeah. It's, it's way too early to really know, but do you have like a just kind of early pick for who you think is going to win the TNT title out of the competitors that are there? I actually don't have a pick right now because – I'm still watching very closely before I make my decision, Josh, on an actual pick. Fair enough. I personally would love to see Darby Allen come away with a title. That, that, would, that would, yeah. Because the Mekar title is supposed to be all about building a star, and there's no more poignant way to do that than to give it to a guy like Darby. Yeah. Although I gotta admit, I would also love for Cody to have a title in AEW as well, because Cody is my brother. He's one of my favorite human beings in the world. So yeah, can't, yeah. can't go can't go wrong with him either. So, yeah, I yeah, I just don't have a pick at this point because like I'm at the point where I'm still watching and evaluating really closely. So. Yeah, Britt Baker though, let's talk about her. When, when they shifted her to a heel, my yeah. God, did it click. I mean, cause she went from like the most generic baby phase <laughs> to one of my favorite heels in the business right now. She is killing it. Absolutely yeah, killing it. Yeah. And honestly, for someone to go straight from baby face to a heel makes for a perfect wrestler. And it'll make a perfect success because honestly... If you can't go from baby face to heel, you're not going to make it in the business. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But also the fact that, you know, people want to stay complain because she's also doing the role model gimmick, which was also done by Bailey. But I'm sorry. I love Bailey to death. But she's oh, doing I, this. I love Bailey. But she, she's doing this gimmick better than Bailey. Yeah. She's she's doing the role model thing a hundred percent better than Bailey right now. So I, you know, I love Britt Baker. And thank goodness that they finally have Keith in the AEW women's division. Cause that was really the only complaint that I have with this company so far is just the lack of a women's division. So it, it's nice to see them moving forward with that. Yeah, in, a good way, in a good way. I'm glad too, because if you remember uh, WWE didn't have the 
women that they have today because women were more for show back in the day for the WWE. So I'm, 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 I'm glad that both companies are, you know, they're trying to push the women more because honestly, Josh, nowadays I'm starting to really love the women's matches better than the guy matches. Well, I mean, I've said it to you and anybody that's known me for a long time. If it wasn't for Becky Lynch, I wouldn't be still watching wrestling right now. She literally revived my passion for the business. So it proves how far the women have come. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. So since I brought it up and since we're already kind of all over the place here, did you ever have a period in time where you kind of were out of wrestling and kind of didn't feel the same to you? And then someone brought you back in? Uh, yeah, I, I got to the point where I actually quit watching it, and then, like, um, when I started seeing McFoley back on wrestling, trying to get things going again, I started getting back into it, and then I started watching, like, you know, like like you said, you know, uh, Becky Lynch, and then um, you had Ronda Rousey for a while. She wasn't in the business too long, but she she did good when she was in the business, but yeah, there was a time that, especially in the WCW days, because at the end of WCW, they didn't know what the heck they were doing. So, oh, without a doubt. Well, I feel like this is a whole other subject. So let me let me finish the recap of okay. the shows for for those people All that right. need that. And then there's so much other stuff that I I can go off with that because I feel like that's a great conversation that we just kind of started there so we'll yeah. put a pin in that and come back to it but any other takeaways from impact this week I, i'm really looking forward to to seeing where john moxley goes next because he is he's just killing it right now despite my problems with that particular match he's just yeah. killing it right now so i'm really looking forward to seeing you know who is the next challenger for the aw world title and where he goes that's that's a good point. I mean, you know, I'm I'm just I'm just really excited to actually see, you know, wrestling on TNC again because it kind of makes me feel like a kid again, you know. Without, without a doubt, without a doubt. So, any other takeaways from this week's episode of Dynamite? Oh gosh, I can't really think of anything, Josh. Right off hand, I mean, my brain is just like. It's just kind of all over the place, you know. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I, the big takeaway from this week's SmackDown, there were two. Number one, Sony Deville cut the best promo of her career because she calls out Mandy Rose to try to set things right with Mandy. And she's very, very sincere and very sympathetic. And like, oh my God, she's actually really regretful for what she did to Mandy Notice. And then, like that like a dime. She says, you, Mandy, are the most selfish person I've ever met in my life and proceeds to talk about how it should have been all about fire and desire. And all she was trying to do was get her mind off Otis so that they could be focused on fire and desire as a team and start talking about all this time that she's been in the background to Mandy Rose, how they came out to Mandy Rose's music, how she used to be blurred out in the entryway when she came out 
with Mandy Rose. And this was just so well done to the point where I was like, dang, I had no idea that Sony Deville had this in her. And this is probably my favorite promo of 2020 this year for SmackDown, bar none. And I'm so excited to see where this goes. And I don't think it's going to happen, but I hope to God Sony Deville goes over in this view because my goodness, that was so good. So good. So I can't, I can't wait for you to see the promo, but, but just without knowing exactly what was said and going off what I said, what do you think about Sonya and the way this whole thing has been down? I, I think it's being executed perfectly right now, Josh. I think if they continue to go down the path that they're going, it's going to be spectacular. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. The other, I said there were two, but there was actually three. I kind of forgot one. So the second one was they continue to plant the seeds with Bailey and Sasha and a little bit of tension between those two. Lacey Evans actually helps Tamina get the victory over Sasha. So Tamina gets that future shot at the SmackDown women's title. Yeah, I, I said this to Jamie for somebody who you almost forget is there in Tamina because they hadn't used her in so long. Oh, I, I love real, seeing Tamina back. I love. Oh, I, I love back. seeing Tamina back as well. But I'm also so impressed by Tamina. She she's going out there and cutting yeah. great promos. Yeah. I had no idea she had those kind of mic skills. Did you? I, I had no clue. And, and Josh, since you brought up Sasha Banks, there's something I wanted to mention. Actually, I actually thought Sasha Banks was going to have a feud with with Bailey because I was thinking that it was getting to the point to where those two were actually going to split up. Uh, yeah, and I think that is the direction they're going, but I applaud them for not blowing their load on it too soon because yeah. slow builds is a foreign concept now in wrestling. So it's really nice to see something evolve over time. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I honestly thought it was going to happen at that moment because that, uh, that, that women's match the other week, it was like Bailey didn't even try to help Sasha. And she like, you know, and I thought that, that they was going to break up then because um, because of the way things went. But I think I think it's coming, and that's what they're building up to, like you said. But I honestly thought that that was that they was just going to explode on each other at first. That was my first, you know, thought when I had seen that. And I was yeah. like, uh oh. Yeah. Well, my early prediction is that Sasha wins. The women's money in the bank this year, and she uses it on Bailey. But the question is, does she turn on Bailey, or does Bailey turn on her first, and then Sasha has the briefcase? That's a really big question because the more this goes on, I'm thinking Bailey's going to be the one to stay healed out of this. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, here's what I think, and I could be wrong, but I think the reason why Sasha didn't turn on Bailey is. She's waiting for money in the bank, and then she's going to turn on Bailey and kind of get redemption for what Bailey did. Yeah, 
I could I could see that as well. But I don't know. I just really like the idea of Bailey being the one to stay heel and Sasha playing the face because it's the opposite of a dynamic that you would have thought we would have gotten when they continued this awesome feud that they had in NXT five years ago now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I kind of hope they go the other way. I mean, either- it could, yeah, it could go either way, but I do believe that it's going to re- it's going to happen regardless. They're not going to stay together much longer in my opinion. No, because they have to have at least one match. They might get back together down the road, but they have to have at least one match. But yeah, Sasha just seems like a logical choice to win money in a way because you really yeah. don't, whoever you have go against Becky. Becky is on such another level right now that whoever goes against her is just automatically elevated. So they don't really need the briefcase. So it yeah. just feels like so it just feels like you've already got this this storyline here, ready yeah. to simmer between Sasha and Bailey and the briefcase just kind of will accentuate that a little bit. Yeah. And like I like I said earlier, I would still like to see Shayna Baszler up against Becky Lynch. I think that would be just spectacular. So Yeah. I don't know if that's the direction they're going or not, but but I think maybe that's the direction they should be going. Because um, I, I think there is more there between those two. But yeah. the uh, the thing you don't know yet, though, <laughs> is that they announced on SmackDown this year that the Money in the Bank match is going to be structured differently than we've ever seen it before, which is obvious because of the virus. But what they're doing is they're actually having the two Money in the Bank matches the men's and the women's money in the bank matches take place at WWE headquarters. And the end of the match is going to see a ring with a ladder and the briefcase on top of a ladder on the roof at WWE headquarters. That is so innovative and so awesome. I never would have expected something like that. So hearing that, what's your takeaway from that? I, I think it's going to be I, I think it's going to be awesome because it's going to force WWE to actually try something new and do do new new ideas with this pandemic going on. They're going to have to think outside of the box. Yeah. So, yeah. And be more creative. Like 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 an example, they had to be more creative when they were going up against WCW back in the day. So maybe this is kind of like like that situation, but you know, different, Josh. You, you know what I'm trying to get at. I I do I do. So the other <laughs> thing I wanted to just to put a bow on SmackDown is that we have new SmackDown tag team champions. As Big E gets the victory over John Morrison and Jay Uso, I think it was was the Uso in yeah, this match. Jay. But what they did, I it was yeah, I believe it was. Because Jimmy was in the last one. But Biggie gets the victory. New Day is now eight-time World Tag Team Jammies, which is insane. But the really interesting thing here, though, was that prior to this match starting, they had the hacker come back. You know, the hacker that revealed the truth of Sonya, Mandy, Dolph, and Otis. And they had him come back with the whole you're about to learn the truth thing. And they showed images of Miz and Morrison, New Day, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and one other team who I can't remember, but they showed images of four different tag teams. So they're teasing that we might see another, oh, but Sasha and Bailey. Sasha and Bailey was the other one. So 
they they teased the fact that we might see another big truth reveal. And this is gonna sound crazy and way out of the box, but given the way the match ended with Big E winning a title that is meant for two people without Kofi and Xavier, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that is what happens. If maybe Big E has a little bit of heelish tendencies and that's how the New Day breaks up. That, that, yeah. that That's yeah. way out there in left field, but that's just something I was thinking about. What and, do you and think honestly, about that? And, and honestly, I, I agree because like, uh, number one, New Day has been together like forever now. And I think if we're going to see like a breakup of the New Day, it's probably going to be sometime during Money in the Bank. I think that's what they're building up to. Yeah, I personally don't want to see New Day break up because I think you can give them singles pushes. I mean, Kofi proved it last year. You can give them singles pushes without breaking them up. And they work so well together. And they're such great friends. IRL and they have, they're just so dang funny that I don't think it's necessary to break them up. But WWE just has this trigger finger. They can't keep people together for years upon years upon years. So I think if you are going to break them up, this is a smart way to do it. But out of the names that I mentioned from the hacker, what other thing do you think might go down? Like what other truth do you think might be revealed besides that from the hacker? At this point, Josh, it's hard to tell where WWE is going to take it because I'm like, what's going to happen? Is it going to be this way or is it going to be that way? Yeah. Well, you, I mean, they really got me guessing this time. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You have no idea where where they're gonna go for for anything. Yeah, so, I mean, because for the first time, it's not so predictable. <laughs> no, it's not. And I really wanted to keep our conversation going, but I just received word that my dinner is here, so I'm gonna have to wrap up today's show. But Justin, we. I had a great conversation with you, so I can't wait for you to come back on the show. Maybe I'll have you on during the week when there isn't a lot of news, and we can just talk overall about, you know, our feelings on the industry and stuff, because I think that would be a lot of fun. Absolutely, Josh. Not only that, but I don't know if you realize, but for another show, we also need to discuss, I'm also a pro wrestling champion myself. Oh, that, folks, in the business, that is what we call a tease. That is a tease. But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of In Reality. So, Justin, tell the peeps where they can find you and all your awesomeness online. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Justin Ray Harvey. And then you can find me under Justin Harvey on Facebook. That's awesome. And you are bringing back your own show as well at some point down the line soon, yeah. correct? Uh, yes, at some point, but right now everything's on hold where I've got guests on my show because of the virus going on. I've kind of put things on hold because where I actually interview physical guests and movie well, stars and pro wrestlers. Well, I mean, you've seen today, StreamYard can help you with that, so maybe yeah. we can talk about that a little, a little bit later on, because I'm yeah. always happy to help you out. All of Jamie's stuff is at Jamie Loves 
Taker everywhere except for Instagram, which is at Jamie Loves Undertaker because that was the one place she was able to fill out the entire name for her display. And of course, I'm at Josh Rosalskis everywhere except Facebook because I already had a personal Josh Rosalskis Facebook before my name change and my media persona. So Facebook is at Josh Rosalskis YT for Josh Rosalskis YouTube, of course. But everybody's links will be down below in the archive descriptions of the videos, as well as the audio podcast version, which will be edited later today and be up tomorrow for those of you that prefer to listen that way. So, Justin, thanks again for being here, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Josh. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And as I always like to say, life is only as good as you choose to make each day. So make the choice to go out and do something great today.